Hey, what's up, Nubians? Welcome to Tech Nubians, part of the Geekish Network. This is your weekly deep dive into video games steeped in blackness. I am your hostess with the most, Cherie. With me, I have our producer and deducer, Shanae. Hey, folks. <laughs> Concept, oh, sorry. Our, uh, and I, here we have uh, our usual host, Charles. <laughs> what's up, everyone? <laughs> and we have a special guest today, uh, Trinidad Ermita, head of diversity and inclusion at Niantic. Let's crack a lacking. <laughs> Trinidad, would you mind giving us a little bit, telling us a little bit about what you do? So I, I tend to say this in a very simple way. What I do is I go into organizations and I find ways that organizations can be more equitable with marginalized genders and ethnicities. And I believe that if we're more equitable with marginalized genders and ethnicities, everybody will reap from that benefit. Completely agree. All right, awesome. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that uh, for our topic today. Um, so let's just go ahead though. Um, let me give a quick intro for Tech Nubians. For those of you who don't know, Tech Nubians is a weekly video game live stream and podcast hosted by black technology industry professionals to discuss the what, when, where, and how you can get into this world of technologies, particularly in the video game industry. We're here to sustain, inspire, nurture, and nurture successful creative technologists in the pursuit of black excellence and commitment to technology and content development. Oh, I love that. So, <laughs> wish I could say I wrote it. <laughs> um, but uh, let, you know what, let's click things, kick things off real quick here with some tech and gaming news. Um, Cause this was a really big week for conferences as, as I'm sure we all know. Um, Right at the very beginning of the week, we had Apple had its its annual worldwide developer conference. So I just want to talk a little bit about like some of the announcements there. Um, I I am not the biggest like Apple like huge fan or whatever, but I do have like you know I do I do participate in their ecosystem of course. Mm. Um, I love my iPhone. I like my iPad when it works. <laughs> but I do want to talk about like two big things that they announced there. Um, one was like their upgrades for FaceTime, and then the other one was some upcoming changes for the Apple Wallet. Um, so for FaceTime, Apple is looking to try and compete with Zoom, which I think is really interesting. They're, they're going in, they're going hardcore basically with like, um, uh, updating some of the audio features. They're going to have like port, they're basically importing portrait mode in there. So essentially like kind of how Trinidad has like the background blurred there. You can do that now. You'll be able to do that in FaceTime. Mm. Um, they're going to allow like share play. So you can like stream video and audio, listen to music. They're working with different partners like Disney Plus, Hulu, TikTok, HBO Max, so you can stream all this stuff. What? And you can push it to your Apple TV. What? And so basically you can all watch stuff together. Like, I, I think it's kind of legit and I'm actually kind of excited for that. And I really hope that it works for my iPhone 8. But I was kind of curious, like, you know, what people were thinking about that. Cause I thought that was, um, that was pretty big. One, one other quick thing I'll mention also is with the Apple wallet, because they're really trying to make it more like an actual wallet, right? So, you know, right now, Apple wallet, you have like your, well, pre-COVID times, you would have like your movie game, your movie passes in there. <laughs> you like have your plane passes, stuff like that. They want to also update it so that you can, for instance, check into a hotel on your phone and it will automatically put the keys for your hotel room into your Apple wallet. Hmm. Or they're working with the TSA so that some people will have a digital version of their driver's license there in your wallet that you can use when you go through the go through the airport. So I'm like, I really kind of am, am interested in like how Apple's really in, like innovating and thinking about these things. I want to see what other folks think about this. Uh, the 
that that all sounds really rad i'm i'm still stuck on the like then competing with zoom uh i don't know if i've ever had a facetime call successfully with more than two people uh, <laughs> right? and, like zoom is like i mean i've been on zooms with like 100 people am i going to be able to get 100 tiny little faces on my iDevice? like is that going to work like i want it to i don't really <laughs> that's a thing there <laughs> I think they want intimate parties. They don't want to have the club. They want a small dinner party. Yeah, that's, which is fair. I think that's interesting because mm -hmm. I mean, it makes them a competitor for Zoom, but it, it's a, it's a competitor for Zoom with like that sort of Apple sheen on it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like they, they, they never like directly compete with stuff. They're just like, well, let's find the thing that feels very, like feels very Apple, right? And let's mm -hmm. like, and let's put it in that 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 um, uh, in that headspace. Uh, I am also not the biggest Apple fan, but I am speaking to you from a MacBook. I got two iPhones over here. I have an iPad. I have an You're Apple, Apple TV. fan. <laughs> you are an Apple ecosystem. fan. Yeah. Like, firmly yeah. in the ecosystem. I'm not yeah, the That means you're a fan. If you have a MacBook, you're an Apple fan. <laughs> have, you been, have you said, hey, let me get out of this ecosystem? Have you ever said that? Uh, no, because you know why? Um, I've told people this before. Like, I've been, I've been, uh, I've had an iPhone for many, many years. I've developed on, um, Android devices and it drives me nuts to use them. Uh, I'm not saying that Android devices, I don't, I have a preference for my iPhone only because I am very comfortable with how it's broken. <laughs> I don't want to learn how a different phone is broken. <laughs> so That's I'm, legit. That's legit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sticking with it because there's too much friction to change right now. Yeah. That's one thing. There's a couple of articles that went up live after this conference that says, why is Apple always late to the game with new features? Like these are features that are shared in Android phones, depending on a variety of phones. And the one person said, because when you get on another phone, it has friction and Apple wants to make it seamless and feel polished. Mm -hmm. and they, they make it for the simplest of person. It is like FaceTime, eight people, right? You're watching something on your phone. You can throw it to the Apple TV. The eight people are still on your phone talking to you as you're watching the thing in eight, on TV in spatial audio yeah so it's spatialized audio from the screen and your phone is spatialized mm -hmm. so all eight people have a space around you in the room that's something i want to try I, the thing Me i think is the thing i think is interesting is you have to have the apple headphones to make it work cause when, yeah because when you describe it as like a zoom competitor that makes like you know most of my zooms i have you know obviously we have zooms that are not work related but most of my zooms are work related so i think are they trying to make something that's that is a work like a useful work technology or is that not apple's bag right like they just seem like yeah you know, we're making something that you're familiar with we're all like a lot of us are still quarantined a lot of us are still staying at home more than we used to in previous years maybe they're looking at it not from the work thing where they'll be like a zoom competitor exactly but maybe they're being they're like hey we're gonna provide you something so that you're not in zoom when you're at home because zoom feels like work and you don't want to yeah. work when you're on your few off hours right like let's give you something that allows you to connect with people, but doesn't feel like work, one which I'm kind of down. One of their pillars with. is iLife. You know, they, they took that name away from the suite of software they offer when you buy your computer. They don't, they used to not give you productivity software, but they still don't give you productivity software. You got to download it. It's free, but you got to download it. <laughs> what comes on your Mac? iMovie. Trinidad, what, what kind of, what, what device do you use? Are you, a, are you an Apple head? Is that the term? I don't even know what the term is. Mackhead, I think, right? Mackhead? I don't know. What do we call? <laughs> you know, I I like I've been known in the past to not date people with Android devices. 
that green bubble kills that you. Green if, bubble. If, if I see a green bubble, I'm sorry. Not today. Deal breaker. Not today. <laughs> I actually, I, I remember that. back. I'm so, so this, is, this is like, this was, this was like, this is like maybe, maybe like seven years ago, eight years ago. I don't know. Like way, way back when, but like I had, I was the one with the, um, with the sidekick. I love sidekicks until I switched to the apple. So it was like sidekick, then apple. And I remember I was dating this guy and I was like, yo, do you need me to like, like, do we need to get you upgraded? Right. Like, so it was like, literally like now he's like, he, we're still friends to this day, but like now he's like, has the Apple watch. He has the Apple, but like he's all apples mm-hmm. out. And I'm just like, and I, and I can actually attest to being that person, but it's like the power of influence, right? Like mm-hmm. it is. I'll be honest. I got um, pulled into the Apple ecosystem when I worked at Microsoft. So, I mean, it's, it's powerful. Like uh, the, the fact that these devices all work together uh, seamlessly and uh, they're beautiful. I, I'm a big, I, I love UI, UI, like I'm a big nerd on that stuff. And I'm like, the fact that when Apple gave me full folders, I was like, oh my God, folders. And then I thought, wait a second, my computer science degree is really upset with me right now. <laughs> yes. And when they let you put more than nine items in those folders. Um, now you can by do the way, more. I will mention, <laughs> The Android users will get some love also because uh, they're going to allow you to have FaceTime links that you can generate so that people who are on desktop and Android can use, can join FaceTime calls. Look, look, yeah. that's actually, so, that's actually hot. That's yeah. hot yeah. because even mm-hmm. though I don't, I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not inviting them to the party yet. Unless <laughs> green bubbles, it'll show up in a green bubble when they respond to you. <laughs> I'll be a mess. But yeah, no, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, let's hop on actually to the other big conference that's happening right now, it frankly. Is. Shanae, you want to tell us about that a little bit? Uh, there's a big conference going on right now. You guys may have heard of it. It's called, what's that name? The Electronic and Entertainment Expo. E3 yeah. is going on right now, like literally right now. During our pre-production call, I was sitting here with like, streaming Ubisoft's forward thing going on. I'm like, oh, let me prepare for production. Oh, oh, live tweet, live tweet, live tweet. But yeah, if you aren't familiar with E3, it is, in previous years, has been the premier video game conference um, for, like, in, in America, in America specifically, I should say, the biggest video game conference in America. Overseas, there are ones that are actually bigger than E3. Um, for those of you who don't know, E3 was canceled last year, as were a whole bunch of other conferences because of the panorama, the pen, uh, pan pizza, and panic of the disco, the whatever we call it kind of thing, you know, that is still going on, but they're coming back this year, um, with an all digital show. So that means, uh, they've got, I don't actually even know what it consists of. I'll be honest. Like it's, it's, but it's supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be huge. Their website is down right now, or at least it was <laughs> I was trying to get on it, um, but they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. There's already, in case, like I said, in case you're behind, if you haven't gotten to E3, you're already behind because they've already um, kind of started it. Because if you guys are familiar with E3 in previous years, you had the the on-site thing down at LA, which was always 97 degrees, so it was hot and sweaty, and you were tired and you're, you know, surrounded with like literally thousands of people. Um, but there were always events that were running alongside it that weren't technically part of E3. But like devs and publishers like set, putting up their own stuff and using the sort of like everyone's direction, everyone's attention is pointed at this to get your eyes on it. So they've already had a day of the devs. They've already had, I think, Summer Game Fest. Uh, Ubisoft is literally going on right now or maybe it just ended. And I'm mm-hmm. really curious if there was any Beyond Good and Evil 2 <clears throat> news. Don't spoil it for me, but I'll, I'll look. Um, but yeah, uh, head on over to the site. See if you can get in. <laughs> 
And um, if you can't do it, what you usually do, which is, uh, you know, head to Kotaku or Polygon or something. <laughs> now, Has there... anyone here been to E3 besides me? Yes. I have what not. What do you think of E3? <laughs> um, Let's... I, 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 I think it's fun in person so I can go meet my friends and just hang out so I can do geek out things with my geek out friends. And we sit there and just play other people's games sometimes. I've never been to <laughs> where I wasn't I wanna, working a booth. Sorry, go ahead, Trinidad. I want to say I agree. Like, I, I think it was like maybe, when was the last E3? 2019? Yeah. I was there in- 2018. And I, 2019. It was 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019 yeah. Because yeah. I, I was, yeah. and I went and I saw Gordon Bellamy. I saw like hella people. And it was just mm-hmm. like, I ended up staying because we have an office in, in LA and I ended up staying for the whole, like, like two weeks. And it was just like, it was just dope. It was just dope. And then I also got like hella free energy drinks and hella like <laughs> swag. And so like, I literally had enough energy drinks for my whole stay while I was there. Cause you know, they just give those out free. And then I played some games. So yeah, I too, uh, you know, like that. But anyway, you, know, you go party ahead, all night with the nerds. Cause nobody Yo, parties the like nerds. the nerds. Nobody, Nobody parties, parties like the nerds. Like the nerds. No I will one. say, I after like day three, I was exhausted, and and like Gordon's like, "Hey, are you coming out tonight?" I was like, "I'm taking a nap. Like I'm going to sleep." I was, I couldn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't like, have come it. Come to this place. You got He's free food and free drink. Like I know, <laughs> I don't need to be there. I need a bed. <laughs> Either is one of those things where it's like the the week leading up to it, like we're in person, the week leading up to it, I am just dreading it. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so hot. I'm going to be exhausted. There's going to be events at the convention center and then there's going to be events that are half a mile away and there's going to be events that are like three miles away for some reason in LA traffic. And it's just like my brain is like, oh, my body gets tired. I'm like, oh, and then I get there. I'm so excited because like you walk, <laughs> it is, if you've not been, it is just, it's, it's like Disneyland. I'm sorry. It's like Disney World. Sorry, I want to talk about the the actual Disney park. It's like Disney World for wow. your like, but it's all video games. It's all sense that that was a little Florida versus California um, um, violence right there. But it's like <laughs> it's all video game stuff. It's just an assault on your senses. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Times Square. There's like neon lights. There's videos playing. There's audio everywhere. There's thousands of people, and it's all mm-hmm. video game centric stuff. They're selling things. They're giving away swag. To this day, um, my favorite swag is. <laughs> Bottles of water and hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because uh, those, are, those are the ones that have utility, y'all. Um, those are the ones that'll, that'll protect you from the, the con crud. And but, they're doing um, an award show this year, too. They are doing an award show as well. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen who's, uh, who the nominees are for it, but I, uh, I'd love to, like, uh, I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. So um, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done one before. <laughs> <laughs> like a surprise we're just not getting to that, that have place. they not done an award show before yeah i guess i don't know actually yeah. it's, it's i didn't get invited to y'all would know better than i do I, i've always been watching e3 from the couch so i mean <laughs> <laughs> well That's we're funny. all gonna watch it from the couch um uh, there was a little bit of drama i think from if, if people were on the twitters because of the um, registration process for getting into e3 getting like your your industry badge um you can you can jump over to the twitters or jump over to uh, you can see a little bit of mm-hmm. stuff on my timeline as well about the uh, the excitement for validating whether or not you're a real person in the industry. <laughs> it's so wild. I think people are still it's trying so to get to the wild. bottom of that. Um, so. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a real interesting conversation after this. 
It is. It is. I think that um, like I've seen a few folks who are in the industry who got rejected. Mm-hmm. I just got accepted this morning, but the site's down, so who knows? Um, yeah. So let's let's check in next week and see yeah. uh, if there's any patterns on all that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are any of y'all are any of y'all speaking at GDC? Not speaking at GDC this year, actually. Um, I say that as if I've spoken at G- I've spoken at events around GDC in the past, but I'm not speaking there because. I missed the deadline for submitting. Oh, the bad person. It happens. It happens. <laughs> you know, I'm, in a, I'm doing a program still if you want to speak at it. Let's talk. You know, I have you and Trinidad speak. I say, hopefully things will be back to normal and back in person yeah. next year. We'll you see. know, I think that... Um, I've, I'm like we you know, we can prognosticate about what the you know pandemic has done to has done or how it will impact stuff. I honestly think depending on the success of E3 this year, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to some sort of hybrid show from here on out because mm-hmm. one of the things from a producer standpoint and from a developer standpoint, I can tell y'all, E3 is expensive. It's expensive from a just the actual like all the cool like props and stuff that get made. Um, those are literally tens of thousands of dollars. The amount of people you have to fly down there, you're interrupting your development process. It's like those boots are easily six mm-hmm. figures. And mm-hmm. let's talk how they, they have decreased like- in boots. Like the booth build out is like six, uh, six oh, figures, $100,000, $200,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the build out of the booth. That's not the man hours, the people, yes. the flag, no. all that. Yeah, no. some but, of those things are running into seven figures. Let's just put yeah, it out. but E3's counting the booth without anyone manning it. Yeah, and someone has to be there like all, mm-hmm. all the three, time. four days, usually in the middle of a week, because E3 is not usually on a Saturday. E3 is usually not. Tuesday through Friday or something. Tuesday like through Friday. Yeah. Yep. So, and what makes it even worse is everybody's been in the street for like twenty years. Is like, man, E3 is whack now. It's not the same. They sell everything. They open it up to the fans. And now it's super crowded. I used to be able to play like at least 12 games. I'd get lucky to play one or two. Mm-hmm. And it smells like a GameStop. And it's like. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, is a, it, it is a video game convention. But but before it, before they opened up to all the fans, it didn't smell like a GameStop. It smelled like a, it smelled <laughs> like a Sephora. Um, you know, the last E3, I, I, I tried to spend in a. The, there's a few booths that were built out to like be like like oasis in the middle of the desert kind of thing like they had like soundproofing and air mm-hmm. conditioning and like and so i'm like let me spend my time there like that's where i spent my mm-hmm. off the show time. floor time was mm-hmm. in the oasis <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice. and then there's, there's so, a lot of don't show up no more and there's a lot of companies that don't show up for it any yeah. longer because it's, like, it's so expensive yeah. it's been quite a while ago which is like we're just gonna do like our pre-recorded thing mm-hmm. and, and that's just been working for them yeah, yeah. Everyone I, I, I also have to say though it sucks guys it sucks though because e3 is for the consumer right like and that's mm-hmm. that i would hate to see more companies move away from consumer base like like this is for us like we're yeah. the ones who 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 support your business so so what if you have to give seven figures to have us come out and geek out and talk about it and do our podcast and do our ig lives and whatever like the people mm-hmm. are the reason why we're doing this. So if you want to move away because it's like, oh, it's too much. Like, do you really care about your customer? Do you really care about the consumer? That's oh, my piece. My, my, my counterpoint is 
E3 is usually a 16 hour days, four or five days a week, and you're just trashed by the end of the week. Plus, the, like, I think it's also like, you know, like the thing we have to remember too is that E3 is also a business too. Like the actual, like they, they sell ESA. tickets for all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And like, I like E3 because I love, I love interacting with fans. I love interacting with press and stuff. But the shape of E3 has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when it shifted so from my being counter- primarily, <laughs> oh, a little bit, but it shifted from being press focused to being consumer focused, that shifted, that changed everything about how we even did demos for E3. Yeah. Right? I can give a, I can give a hands-on demo to press and they can squint through a lot of stuff. That same hands-on demo for end consumer. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I can't do it, especially in the age of Twitter. Yeah. And I remember, I remember you could go to a booth and there's just alcohol and food in the booth. You're like I'm go here. They're like, hey, get you a beer, get you some wine, and come play our game. You go sit on the couch, you sip, and then you play the game. But the but the thing I do like do though anymore. is like even even for devs and publishers who are moving away mm-hmm. from being at E3 specifically, they're not usually just staying silent. They're usually like, I'm gonna do my own thing during E3 week, mm-hmm. um, just yeah. not with E3 costs and stuff. So okay. let's move on a little bit from talking about E3. Let us go to Charles. You've got a you've got a story here. You want to talk about? Yeah. Tribeca? So Tribeca is no longer known as the Tribeca Film Festival. It's just known as the Tribeca Festival now because now they have Tribeca Games. And so they have brought in a number of games to showcase to people. And it's going on this week. Everything's this week. This is a popular week. And um, for example, they had the Tribeca Games uh, Festival. Uh, the, the advisory board is made of John Favreau, Hideo Kojima, Nia DaCosta, Jeff Keeley, Sam Lake, Kiki Wolf, Wolfkill, mm. and they have a bunch of other people that are on this committee that mm. pick a bunch of independent games. The focus is independent games and unique games that tell really good stories. Uh, one of those that, that, made, that, made a, that made a ripple was when Xbox uh, One Series 1 was launching at the presser, they showed a game called Sable. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be an Xbox exclusive. Well, Tribeca Games has it online right now. And if you're watching, you can go play it. You can nice. sign up for times. So people can sign up for times and they give you an hour demo to go play the games. Uh, uh, there's been a bunch of good games they brought out into this festival. One that stood out to me was Kenna, The Bridge of Spirits which is about the native girl that actually uh, heals wildlife in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point and click adventure game called Norcos, which is about the suburbs of Louisiana, suburbs and the industrial swamps of Louisiana. And that sounds interesting. Yeah. Halibut, Harold Hal, uh, Halibut is when it really sticks out to me. So oh. they built these dioramas and they filmed, the, uh, they filmed uh, actual models for a stop motion and they added digital art on top of it. So you're playing um, a, like a, a, a Laikai type of game. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. It's really interesting. That's, and so, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just going over the games. There's, there's <laughs> a bunch of games. There's tons of games here and they all are very interesting. And these are games that normally would probably get brushed over at E3 unless they yeah. brought it on the big presentation floor. So Tribeca is providing the space for them. Yeah, I, I find that it's really interesting to me when you talk about like this, them bring like the stop animation like mm-hmm. game and stuff like that because it really kind of seemed like they're trying to find that intersection of like film and like gaming. And I know we've had that that conversation that keeps coming back up every now and then when people are like, <laughs> games should be art or games art or games art or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, 
is interesting because now you've got like this partnership actually with like you know a film you know a film festival where they've they've got the section that is specifically about games and they're trying to really highlight a lot of the u- unique um uh, uh a lot of unique uh, uh properties um that like you said might have otherwise probably flown under the radar really mm-hmm. not gotten a whole lot of press so i, I think you know mm-hmm. Maybe this can help, at least for the folks who are advocating for saying, yeah, games are art on that side. Maybe this can kind of like help uh, bolster that argument. I, no, I think we, we made it. We're art now, guys. <laughs> We're art. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like everything before today, like the Tribeca k- k- kicked off today. What was it? They kicked off. They kicked off on Monday. They actually okay, kicked so off Everything on before Monday was trash it was not art but now y'all we're officially art that's so funny you're the ready. person you're ready the, we're now uh, artists Chuck. yeah we're artists now now i can go and go live on oh. the streets and say oh, don't no, no, judge no. me I'm, for my work oh i'm sorry i let me challenge that we're artistes yeah yes. we're artistes yeah. artistes i mean you can go and you can just literally flip a table just wherever you want just you know what's really sad how, say, I'm doing it for the I'm doing it for the art, my creative yeah. vision. You have to say that's that. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a creative director. That does yeah. like a real creative director. <laughs> we all know that creative director, yep. and we watch that creative director try to drive the project into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, what's really interesting is how this nation grabbed one man's opinion, who has never participated in our industry whatsoever, not even as a spectator and ran with it and held it as law and we're, said, I'm going to ignore Roger all you Ebert. other people. What's up? We're talking about Roger Ebert, right? Yes, yes. Look here, man. You judge films. Stick to judging films. I'm not, if somebody will only watch basketball, I'm not going to go to them and ask them what the, what the if soccer is a sport or not. They say, soccer is not a sport because you don't use your hands. <laughs> I'm going to look at them like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Well, you know, I'm saying he's a kinda, big name in film, but he doesn't know about what it takes to make a video game. Well, no, you know, I think it, I think it also kind of, you know, I think last week was it last week? Maybe it was on. Um, no, I think it was on a panel I did recently. We we talked a bit about the game industry, like the sort of the, the sort of collective life of the game industry, and we're still very young. Mm-hmm. We're still a really young industry, and it sort of speaks to that. Not only that, you know, there was there's. Yeah, Ebert back when he was he was still uh, still alive, alive. Was, was talking was talking about this stuff, but the the fact that we cared <laughs> like it was like we're like that was just like yeah. quintessential like man the game industry is like still in its like adolescence that we cared that much about an opinion of somebody who didn't actually have like the expertise to be able to evaluate None. what a game genre was. So yeah. been, the argument could have been made like uh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about you know next but we we latch on to that too and we we've been fighting this battle for this unnecessary battle for decades i, I never oh, thought we're, it. we're really art guys. one of his reasons was like books are art because they have a story you know art's art because it's because it's because it has it has pictures in it it, it, it evokes emotion which in that imagery actual and it's like what too. you sound Didn't somebody stupid. just sell like an invisible uh it was like an invisible like uh portrait or something for eighteen thousand dollars last week like (laughs) like, yeah it's like his definition of art um invalidates a lot of traditional art yeah yes art have to have a story well then sorry what is what is what's the type of art where it's just like splotches and stuff like that (laughs) i mean sorry all abstract or like or whatever yeah Yeah. like 
yeah there's there how about the art with the painting elephant we'll see yeah. how about the banana that was taped that was duct taped to a wall i mean you know there's a million different things hey. how about anything banksy makes hey. <laughs> yes yeah or or i know a monk who puts a canvas in one tree and brushes on on branches in another tree and lets them paint yeah sells them for hundreds of thousands of dollars i met this guy he he figured it out in hawaii by the breeze and he that's how he paints now he's that a rich monk really peaceful, but actually. yeah he lets that he lets nature be awesome i, I was like I if i could duct tape canvas on one tree and duct tape canvas on another tree and let, let it paint i should have done good. that that's brilliant Trinidad, how close are those palm trees behind you <laughs> you can test this for us this sounds lovely <laughs> oh man um there you go Look at you that. See how close can you the see them? Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah, they're right right there. Oh. Uh, you know, nice. You know, enough about you know, Tribeca. I'm yeah. where, where Trinidad's at. I'm really hurt right now. Well, you know what? <laughs> let's let's go ahead and move on to our main topic for today. Uh -huh. We want to talk about as we which we have titled DEI and other four-letter words. <laughs> so we've got Trinidad on here, and she's the head, as I mentioned, head of diversity and inclusion at Niantic. So Trinidad, you have a lot of experience in this. I think actually anyone who is a person who's a black or a person of color in tech <laughs> is going to have some kind of experience somewhere in this. But you, you, you're uh, directly responsible for uh, you know for kind of as you mentioned like. Um, uh, uh, planning the strategy for your company. So maybe we can kind of kick this off to just talk a little bit about, like, I, I just want to throw this out here. Like, what is DEI? Why do we feel like it's important? Maybe we just start off the conversation here. Oh, I mean, well, I, I don't even know where to begin. What is DEI? I mean, besides uh, an act of trying to be more inclusive, more aware, more intentional about that equity gap that is so easily overlooked in all spaces it's 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 a systemic it's been you know and it's a, it's almost like a, a a vision of trying to reverse 400 years of systemic racism which is not yeah. it's it's like trying to boil the ocean but there is a lot of things that we can implement empower give thoughts to raise awareness around that could get us closer to boiling the ocean but um real talk I, and a lot of people don't like to hear this until until people are are willing to give up their privilege it's not going to change yeah. when you know when the majority is happy with um being the majority implicitly we're not going to see real change but that's that's my little short and sweet uh, so we can get into the nitty gritty, but like, it, it's really, it's just, it, and I, and I go back to the idea around like, can we just, can we all be human? Can we all just like take the basic humane act of what we've learned over the years? What is, what is kind? What is, what is gentle? What is, you know, like, I know that sounds yeah. like I'm, I'm singing a nursery rhyme, but like, those things are the things that like are innately the basis of respect, of love, of grace of you know and if if companies and i know it's not conventional but if companies took the approach of like how are we going to respect each other how are we going to give grace when when things don't go out the way that we want to and and um and all that in a bag of chips and so I'll, actually a lot of approaches that i have are around startups 
you know, like talking to founders, talking to people at the early stages of building their company and, and yeah. letting them know that this is something that should be ingrained within the core foundation of how you mm. think about your products, how you think about your marketing, how you think about who you hire, fire, retain. I thought that um I thought that racism got solved when we elected President Obama. That's not that's not true. We're not in a post-racial America. <laughs> post-racial America. I, I mean, you know, that's what I heard. I lived in Seattle for four years. That's what I heard. <laughs> you know, I'm tired thing? of woke white people. I'm tired of woke white people. Like they're they're actually they actually account they they counter what we're what we're trying to accomplish because it's almost like I'm woke. I, I don't need any more learning. I got this. I put the Black Lives Matter on my front lawn. I'm Gucci. No, this is a, con like, like any type of, when you're trying to lose weight, when you're trying to work out, you need to condition anything that you're trying to, even with college and, 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 and mastering a, a thought or being a subject matter expert, you need to continually fill yourself up with more learning, conditioning, keeping it. Cause I can lose 50 pounds and then stop. And then what I gain that a hundred pounds back because it's like your body is just like, Oh, so you, now you want to come back. So it's like, yeah. I feel like when people start to get comfortable in this space, it's, it's the, they digress. They, they go backward. You go back to your own, your own sort of like bad habits and stuff. You, you, one of the things you said uh, that was really interesting to me, Trinidad, you, you talked about how we're trying to reverse 400 years of, of, um, of inequity, uh, uh, of, of institutional inequity and institutional, um, uh, isms like racism and sexism and transphobia and all these things, uh, and uh, you know I joke about the us being post-racial because I think when you when you think about it in the we got 400 years of doing it wrong, do we really think we fixed this in like the last like you know eight? <laughs> like, yeah, like, even eight. It's like, like yeah, because this this like the rules of like having like an actual like diversity and inclusion kind of department or like actual like you know as a, as a as a title it, it's relatively new within mm. like you know within these industries or at least at least um you know it seems relatively new from what i've heard about it like and i know um i'll just mention i mean i think that we've it's gotten a lot more focus lately um over the last year i mean um with uh you know with the george the floyd murders yeah and all and taylor murders all those murders that were happening last year um, that folks had to see on the news because they couldn't go anywhere because they were in the middle of a pandemic, right? Um, so it seems like a lot of companies have tried to to at least respond to it. But how do we make sure that companies, you know, how do companies make sure, I should rather say, that what they're doing is like not just performative? You know, how, 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 do, we, how do they get out of that space and actually do something that's going to be meaningful? Well, I think, one, of course, here comes the train. Um, one thing that is imperative to that is that you're intentional about not just doing things that are low hanging fruit so you can get quick wins. Like, yeah. and, and also it's, it's systemic. So policy change needs to happen. You have to look at your current policies and your current, how you, your promotion cycles, how you, how you develop. Okay, I'm gonna hold it. Okay, I'll be right back. No, 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 no problem. <laughs> <laughs> in case people are wondering, um, those palm trees behind Trinidad were real. She is living life. She's taking that outside energy. She is mm -hmm. absorbing all of what nature has to give us. And there's trains, too. There's so. trains. <laughs> That's yeah. all right, y'all. It's a live podcast and stuff, too. But like on, on what Trinidad do. was saying, like that's, that's a really important thing. I think we oftentimes find a lot of um, folks trying to 
they they want to do the right thing, but they don't know how to do the right thing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chuck, you have something to say about that too? Uh, yeah, I think I think because uh, you know I have a, a racism reader in Google Docs because after Tamir Rice and I went I went crazy. They killed that boy in two seconds, mm. and uh, my friends were like, "What do I need to learn? What do I need to learn?" There's a million books out here. I don't. I have no idea where to start. And so I was like, here, here's a whole reader with videos and everything. I made one list. And I just send out links. I link out everybody. Go through this links. When you have questions, come hit me up. I'll be honest. I did the I mean, same thing like after George Floyd. Mm -hmm. I had so many folks hitting me up. A lot of my white friends hitting me up. They're like, what can I do? You know, and like, to be totally honest, like I, I, I was in that place that too, where I was just kind of like, like black people don't have the solution for solving racism. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no. It's so, not our issue. Yeah. It's their issue. We're just the victims of it. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me was a little frustrated because I'm like, yeah, I don't have the magic answer. If I did, I guarantee you I wouldn't have waited for this to, to like to deploy it. Um, but the other part of me is like, okay, I guess I'm glad that people are actually trying to now see what to do. Yeah. Like they're actually asking questions, but maybe they're just asking, you know, they're still putting the burden, I think, on us, like on, you know, on Black folks and on other marginalized groups to like try and tell them how to solve it. So... Um, you know, I guess that's the other piece of it. Like, like why, I mean, I'm involved with like, like, you know, I've been involved with DEI initiatives at all the companies that I've been a part of. And um, it, it always seems like the, the burden is shouldered by black folks, um, brown folks and whoever's, you know, people who are coming from mar marginalized groups. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. why, why, do we, why do folks think that is? I, I, that's because they don't want to be responsible. It's like, I'm trying to shed all the responses. That's what I'm assuming. Trinidad probably has a way better answer than I do. And it's probably crafted better. So Trinidad, go on and speak on it. Because I'm pretty sure you have it together. I'm about to fly off the No, I, I mean, no, I, 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 as you should be. And I don't think that your answer is all the way incorrect. Just to be honest. I do think that there is a level of naivety and so when you're naive to something and you don't have like you said you just created a reader for all your friends right like like when you're always can't like given the answers and you don't have to learn on your own or seek out the like do the work it's it's uh it's almost like my old school parents are like, no, I want you to do these things so that it's ingrained in you and you're not just leaning on me to do them for you. And so getting <laughs> the background music is hilarious. You should be getting it. <laughs> we got too short in the background. Anyways, um, so literally though, I do think that the subject matter experts are people of color right like we we if anybody knows what we've been through it's us yeah and so like what in almost it's almost like uh it's like dang do i really want a white woman leading dei efforts at my company do i really think that that she can be a true a true advocate and there are some white women out there who've done the work who i would literally say i would work with like i would work under but there's not as many as I would like. And, and so a lot of times black folks 
black and brown folk are like, yo, I'll take the, I'll take the charge. I, if, if, you know, it's almost like, it's like almost like the grandma in the kitchen who's like, dang, I tried to teach you how to make this sweet potato pie, but no, 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 scoot over, scoot over, you're gonna ruin it, you're gonna ruin it, you know, and like, let me, let me give you all the great, so it's like, I do think though, we do have to do a better job of, um, of giving, giving the resources to these folks who are running these programs to build teams that are capable of actually impacting the cultures of these companies. And so I'm going back to, it's not one person's job. It's not even two people's job. It's everybody's job. It's a village. And so a lot of times companies will hire one person and be like, oh, we did our job. Okay. We're, we're, you know, we're cool. We're cutting edge. But if you look at some of the other companies that are actually making moves, like it's embedded within the organization. And it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole, the chief diversity officers sit at the table with executives and they can talk about what's going on in the products with marketing, with inclusion, with the people, with mm. their, for diversity, equity, inclusion to continually be at, like layered underneath HR, I think is a systemic crack in my opinion. I, I completely agree with all that stuff that Trinidad was saying. Like so many places they think of like, here's our core business and then here's diversity, equity, inclusion. And maybe we'll tack on belonging on there. It's over here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't interface with our core business. In fact, when it comes down to our core business versus diversity, equity, inclusion, core business always wins out. So it's like, well, okay, well then yeah. if this is your priority, then what you're telling me is this is not a priority. And so you're never going to solve that problem if you don't get, if you don't put your money behind it. I always used to say like so many companies, um, you know, what, what is that, that famous line? Show me your budget and I'll show you what you care about. How many no. companies have diversity, equity, inclusion um, groups or affinity groups or programs or initiatives that have no budget whatsoever? It yeah. just basically becomes your volunteer work. And because that volunteer work is often put on the shoulders of black and brown folks, women, LGBTQIA, anyone from already marginalized backgrounds who are already fighting the battle within these traditionally um, very white and very well male spaces, now you got an extra job and it's unpaid. <laughs> you know, like Unless that's- you work at LinkedIn. Let me, let me tell Unless you, let me, let me, but, see, but see, I could even talk about the LinkedIn. It's five people at LinkedIn that are getting paid this okay. amount of money. <laughs> and, it's more than, and it's more than five people's job. It's more than five that's people's sure. work in order yeah. for it to be successful. So thank, thank God for LinkedIn and Nike's gonna do something as well and they're gonna do it differently. But like, we're, we're realizing that there's also some people who are like, I don't want this to be a part of my performance review. Why? Because I got hired to do this and I want to be, I want to be elevated and seen as a subject matter expert, not a diversity hire. Yes. Like, so there's just a lot. There's a, I'm telling you y'all, if it was this simple and we had silver bullets, like I'd be throwing those bullets everywhere and I'd be telling the masses. If, if y'all know anything about me, once I find something that is working, I want to share it with the, with everybody because I want everybody to win. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, each company is different. And, every, and when you go into these cultures and you start to look at how they run, you have to, I mean, we're not even talking about global diversity. Let's talk about how a lot of companies just focus on the U.S. because the U.S. is the like where their where where their um their headquarters are at, but they're not focusing on how do we yep. Im- include Japan? How do we include countries like Armenia? How do we include countries like Switzerland and Germany? Yep. Right where you ke- where in Germany, hello, we 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 have the history of that. Like you're not going to track data in Germany, like not in t- not required data. 
yeah. people want to share their information they can but like systemically there's issues there for people who had to like intentionally stay who they were and they were discriminated killed mm -hmm. for it so it's like it's I mean there's just there's just layers to this and I think it's anybody who's doing this work I just want to tell you yeah I'm pray for you I pray for you daily <laughs> and I know that and I know that anybody that does this work I'm telling you all right now could be a CEO of a company because we're thinking about every aspect of the business we're not just thinking about how to, we're, we're thinking about ways to ingrain this in systems to help impact the not only the bottom line but the, the main piece is people yeah. our people are our biggest asset and when yeah. companies fall away from that that's when you start to see a lot of the other issues that are popping up yeah absolutely yeah and that's and that's what uh, exactly what we're talking about when we we're saying uh we're asking like you know getting out of the whole like performative dei and actually doing things that are meaningful because you know i mean we all saw like the white text on black backgrounds uh, every message that every company put out you know i like uncle ben's rice is gone now and like you know aunt jemima's changed its name to something mill i can't remember you know like there are all these kind of like things that happen but like nobody asked for them yeah there was a i yeah. mean or we I mean, i'll take them but the nobody asked for them there, yeah. yeah yeah we want tangibles yeah like give us some tangibles. Uh, we we just we just selected a whole administration that threw everything in the kitchen sink for us to to get secure our votes. And I'm like, why are we still waiting? Yeah. Why are we the group that has to still wait? We've been waiting 400 years. You yeah. know, I think the I think the other thing that you mentioned Trinidad that was that was sort of interesting too, um, and I put in my head, it's like you know we we talk about non-racism and anti-racism, right? Non-racism is very passive. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a good person, and I believe everyone is a good uh, are good people, and they're equal and cool. So I don't have to do anything. And it's like, well, okay, that that's that's supporting of a status quo, and our our status quo is currently not equal. So yep. you choose not to do anything. You're choosing not to do anything. You're choose, you're you're accepting that we are we are. Anti-racism is about actually pushing back against racist systems and you know trying to make you have to make equity happen we're not at equity right now so you you can't just do nothing and assume that we'll always like well you know the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice like no that mess has to get bent towards justice trust it has mm -hmm. to get like we're all pushing against it yeah but, you know there's so many folks who especially in the they're at the beginning of their 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 um their journey as i refer to it at the beginning of their, their sort of like learning process they think that this is a trap they think it's like a thing that like black people were just like waiting to be like aha you said this thing wrong now let me tell you why you're racist it's like no it's not about that at all like this stuff is complicated like trinidad and sheree and chuck everyone we'll be talking about this because it is really complicated not just for white people not just for men not just for folks who are not from our, like from less marginalized or non-marginalized groups but for us too, yeah. <laughs> the reason why I mm -hmm. talk about this so much is because it helps me understand my own experiences and interpret like what I've experienced through a, a long career in this industry and in an even longer time being a black woman living in this country. Uh, but it's also because I learned new ways to, to understand identity and new ways to, to talk with people about identity mm -hmm. because I think that's also really important too. like the language changes and the techniques change and it just lets you get more tools in your toolkit yeah basically there are some folks i can have a conversation with and be like hey all right what you said let me tell you why what you said was 
um, like why you framed that incorrectly. Like, let me tell you why, like what you said was hurtful. And there's some folks that can just be like, yo, that crap you just said was messed up. And like, you need to go back and like, take a look at yourself. Like there's different ways in which you approach different people um, in order to make sure that, but we're all trying to reach the same sort of destination, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing that I think people who kind of like, you know, get into this space, um, you have to kind of be open to accepting that criticism because nobody's ever going to say, like, like just because you're in this space doesn't mean you have all the answers, number one. <laughs> it doesn't say you're going to say everything right. I mean, because like, yes, we're we all, all going to mess up. Yeah, we all have our specific identities and stuff like that. But anytime you're speaking about a group, you know, um, that is not your identity, you're going to make some kind of mistake somewhere in there. And I think that's where, why a lot of times, like, you know, there might be companies who are resistant to like creating like these kind of like groups or kind of, or like, you know, creating these kind of spaces because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing and seeing how that will impact them negatively. But, you know, the alternative is never saying anything at all. And like you said, that the, you fall into the non-racism space where we just remain the same. Everything is, you know, status quo. And, well, uh, but, but what I hear a lot of people say is like, <laughs> I hear a lot of people who will go back and say, Hey, you know, I remember the good old days in like, you know, the sixties and seventies and eighties, everyone would have been suspended by everything. You know, what, do you, what do you guys say to that? You know, that's a trigger to me. <laughs> do you want to talk about triggers? I mean, yeah, that's, that's just, it's because back then we didn't have the media outlets that we had back then everything was segregated back then like there's just there's just we haven't been in this game long enough to say it I remember when things were better when like no not at all every every one thing that I I love about history is history I love and I hate about it is history repeats itself yes. and every generation yeah. has has a has an opportunity to actually be a voice and do something to change history and it's up to us in this generation if we want to be those people who have the voice or if we just want to live our lives and and hope that you know we don't randomly get I'm not gonna you know I don't know if I want to go there but randomly something happens to us that then makes us a part of the actual story yeah. which then we actually have to do something you know and it's like oh, well, it doesn't affect me. I live in the suburbs or, oh, it doesn't affect me. I live in Atlanta or it doesn't affect me. You know, like all those different types of things. No, it will continually affect you if you don't make choices at the local level and be a voice. And and so it, I will be very 100% honest. Like I wasn't really into like going to city council meetings or anything like that until until I moved to Boston. And in Boston, like, and Ayanna Presley was our city councilman in our district. And like, she lived in the same building as me. And like, I was just like, yeah, I became a part of the community. I was like, yo, this is my community, you know? And, but that wasn't until I was like in my twenties and I, and I realized, but nobody taught me that, right? Nobody taught me like, you need to go and you need to be an active member of your community. I just took from the community. I took from the community because that's what we've all been taught to do is just take, yeah. we, we haven't been taught to. I mean, unless you're a part of some organizations or you were part of the Boys and Girls Club or whatever, but we were never taught to like really give back and and and, and volunteer and find ways to clean up our communities and, and find ways to build it up. So, I mean, that was my story. Yeah. Um, and that's what I learned from, from being in Boston. As much as people talk trash about Boston, I love Boston because it was one of those moments in my life that I learned how to be an active community member. And I also learned 
how to have allies that didn't look like me from other other communities like Irish, um, Caribbean, white, you know, like, and I and we came together because we all lived in these communities. So Trinidad, um, you're gonna get us an interview with um, Ayanna Presley, right? I think that's what I also heard, <laughs> that's as what I heard. for that. Now that we're all one, like we're all one connection away. <laughs> Just call her up. We're all we're all one connection away from most people. And that's, that's Charles cool. Charles Charles being on this call, he's our one connection to most people. And we all know wow. that. <laughs> you know that's not true. I don't know anybody. I'm just here. I think I think between um, all the folks we 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 have as our regulars on Tech Nubians and our guest host, we could probably contact basically everyone in America. Just anyone that we want, mm-hmm. anyone we want. including mm-hmm. Obama. Yeah. Oh including yes. Technically, very, yes. Yes. Oh, very true. So we're gonna have a guest host or guest host of uh, Ayanna Presley and uh, Michelle and Barack at some point. That's, um, that's all great. at the same time because that's universe. never happened before. <laughs> yes. Speak into the universe. So this I guess the last thing I just want to ask here is, you know, like if you're working for a small company, because I mean, all these these big companies is like that. They generally have like the resources, you know, to to be able to have like a PR arm to be able to have make sure that they have like you know, um, resources are dedicating for like DEI, whether or not it's performative or not, or not performative, but they, they, they have those resources to do it, to do it. But for small startups, I think that that's where it often is, um, neglected. You know, people don't feel like it's like, like it's important to build into their culture. Um, like a, as, as like a deliberate function, like what is the best way to like, maybe to get started with some, with, with like a DEI group or some kind of ERG at a company? I think it starts with the leadership, to be honest. Like it's, I know all of my answers seem pretty simple because to start anything, it's usually just having people who are willing and open to have the conversations and also be accountable teams that are balanced. So like if I'm starting a startup, like even now, like when I think of ideas, I'm like, yo, if I was going to have my own company, I know who I would have all, you know, like be in my boardroom. And it's mostly people who look like me, who I'm excited about because I work with them. But I've also, I'm also someone who I see the value in having a, a balanced team. So I have people who I've worked with in the past who I'm like, yo, I want you if I ever start a company, I want you. And it's like, and I, and I look at it and I'm proud to say today that that would be a very diverse group of people. Right. But when someone from in, in Silicon Valley, you know, is like, yeah, I'm going to start a company and they, they think of all their bros, like they're, they don't have a diverse network. And yeah. so it's as simple as even going on to LinkedIn and saying, you know what, as a CEO, as a founder, I'm going to build my network. I'm going to, anybody who's a CEO or founder who's listening to this, you could start with us, start with like becoming our friends on LinkedIn and then go into our friend groups. And look at people who are in the field that you are and start to build a network there because I think our friend groups are very diverse. I have, I have a tech background. I have a medical field background. I have an education background. You know, and, and, and so even that alone, being able to be connected with those people and you say something like, hey, I'm really trying to expand my network because who knows what's coming down the pipe. I might have opportunities. You know, like yeah. people will accept you and accept your your invite. So I just think that's step one also making sure at the early stages, like before you hit even a hundred people, like, yo, I'm going to make sure that this is balanced 50, 30. I want to make sure like it represents my customer base, like any industry that you're in. And I'm making a pretty broad statement. 
your customer base is going to look like half women and at least 30% underrepresented minority because that's what our, I mean, I don't, I'm making another broad statement, but that's, I mean, our world is very diverse. So like, so for, for me, why wouldn't you want to have representation of your customers to make sure that your products are meeting the needs? And that's in, that's in healthcare, that's in the game industry, that's in technology, that's in entertainment. So it's like, how are we, how are we doing that? Even in education, like, be careful who's teaching your kids. Like, and you know, like we need more, we need more schools that are focused around equality and making sure that we're, we're being equitable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since, I mean, right now in the news, we hear, we keep hearing about all these states which are banning the teaching of like critical race theory and everything like that. And it's just, you know, yeah, we, we need to make sure that people actually are understanding and, and, uh, um, and we have, uh, we have like diversity in all of these different, mm-hmm. different facets of our, of our, of our, um, our institutions. Um, um, one um, short comment to, to make sure. off of what Trinidad said too, was, um, you you, you decide, you decide your culture in the first 10 hires. So what you see from a lot of companies right now is they're way past 10 hires and they're not building their culture. They're trying to rebuild their culture. Sometimes that culture is decades already established and ingrained. Yes. So think about if that's the fight that you want to, you want to have like 20 years from now, or do you want to think about diversity as a, as a horizontal thing that impacts um, uh, the actual business and the hiring and the, the mm-hmm. staffing of folks? Yeah, it's so true. Like some, so many places like to look at it as like an initiative that's going to have like an end, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you no end, y'all. <laughs> diversity, we're good, mm-hmm. you know, no longer, we don't have to do anything else. So um, yeah, no, absolutely like, um, Fabulous conversation. Thank you, Trinidad, for joining us today and, and giving us all of your knowledge. We're gonna have to have you back on here. I love having you, <laughs> love talking with folks about this. And this is this mm-hmm. is fabulous. Um, so I think we are basically at the end here. I'm just gonna ask really quickly, Trinidad, what are you playing right now? What I'm a beat saber or die person. I literally have <laughs> my um, Oculus in my back in the trunk of my car let me not say that too loud i'm in oakland i'm I'm just joking no if i just told you the amount of times my cars have broken into here but anyways um i like leave the windows down now i just like here 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 my doors are open you know (laughs) but um but yeah beat saber all day and i use it as like workout as well so i i'm actually proud to say that I started at easy probably when the oculus came out and I'm at hard on some of my levels so I'm like you know I'm I'm improving my my you know all that kind of stuff so um and I I do like I do like VR chat some of my friends we we meet up at VR chat and we just like hang out and talk and stuff so um and then I also have my 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 switch and um yeah that's me Awesome. All right, great. I just wanted to like just check in and be like, let, let me see what Trinidad is playing uh, before we before we drop off here. Um, well, everyone, thank you so much for the conversation. This has been fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the end of the show for this week. I do want to give a shout out to Digital Click for doing all the creative that they provide for each and every show for us. If you want to learn more about Tech Nubians, please hit up our website. That's technubians, T-E-C-H-N-0-0-B-I-A-N-S dot com. Follow us here on Twitch. If you like our vibe and want to learn more about game development and everything geek, please consider subscribing to the Geekish Network. Um, Also follow us on our socials and we're on all major platforms. 
And uh, check out the schedule for all the shows that we have on the Geekish Network here on our Twitch page. Tonight we'll have Pod Squadron. Tomorrow, I believe we have Nerdtastic. So um, make sure you subscribe and, and check out the other shows. Um, as a quick note, we're going to be off next week to celebrate Juneteenth, but we'll, so we will all see you in two weeks. Everyone, thank you so much and have a fabulous rest of your day.